Welcome back to another Mark's Madness collaboration. Oh, we are back. We are back. We are doing it again. Do it again. Welcome back to Mark's Madness Spot in collaboration with the Red Nation. We read books. And again, and again, and again. And again. So, sorry, and this again. is going to be a long one for a short book. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get every ounce of this book recorded gingerly. And then, and then you got to refine that again. It has to go through another process. This yes, like- there's a second podcast that goes through just the notes that we generate from the first run through of the podcast. Uh, it's, it's recursive podcasting all the way down. Uh, <laughs> That being said, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us as we continue our reading of The Red Deal uh, with our guest, Shugmani 2. Shugmani 2. Hey. All yes. right. We continue to I collaborate with Red Nation and Bands Turtle Island with Shugmani <laughs> we, 2. Oh, we you know continue. what's funny? I had to read a part we already read again for another recording, and I'm just like, and I wish we didn't talk as much, because then I could just offer this. <laughs> just short it in. <laughs> nope. And then I don't have to do double work, you know? That's why we're never going to get in trouble for this, because we talk so damn much that no one's ever going to be like, well, they read my book. It's like, if you wanted to spend an extra three days reading the oh, book, you could try it our way. But it's not, it's not exactly impeding your ability to just get the content. It's it's not really hurting you. You're fine. Um Exactly. All right. well, I'll agree be- with that. Before we are uh before we jump into the reading for this week, we have some extensive current oh, yeah. events to get through. So we are gonna I forgot to we were gonna do this again. We just listed it before the we show. We just and listed now them like- and now we're like, oh we actually have to talk about them. Um we are going to try and remain fairly concise. We're going to try and keep it to where we can have roughly a half hour for the book, as we want to do. Uh, but there is just a lot that has happened uh, in the interview. Again, all of this is going to be a little bit behind for for y'all listening. Uh, we obviously record these a little bit ahead of time to make sure we have the cushion enabled to release one of these every week. So just know but that... But it's 9-11. Uh, but it is. Ding oh, dong. Yes. The witch it is, is dead. It is 9-11, and Lizzie's in a box. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so those things have happened. If you want to know where our our brains are at today, yeah, um, it's fun. You know, we're thinking about Allende because that's you know the nine eleven. I'm still you know mm-hmm. upset yeah, about. That's nine eleven. I'm still pissed about is the Allende one for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, and the other one, the other of... one's starting a giant global war on terrorism that has spawned for the last thirty years. Probably not also yes. good, but you know. Yes, but I I was going to say speaking of uh, 1973, assuming I've got the the, the Wounded knee year, correct? Um, you said three, nineteen seventy-three. Yeah, is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So oh, speaking of Allende in nineteen seventy-three, I had a perfect transition. Oh, uh, he, we're damn, that was good. Shigma. Yay. <laughs> we're gonna. So uh, nineteen seventy-three is like the big study, actually, of like my life. Uh, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> just that year is pretty important to like a lot of what I do, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, that's when AIM took over Wounded Knee. The AIM is the American Indian Movement, and I shouldn't say AIM took it over. It was the Independent Oglala Nation, i.e., my nation, and that's Liberation Day for us. Okay, <laughs> uh, and that was done. Uh, well, actually, it all happens around my birthday. Funny enough. <laughs> really makes you feel connected to it. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you were born. You were born for this purpose. Well, uh, crazy enough, actually, my name uh, comes from a 
vision my medicine man had about my parents' marriage doing something good for the nation. Oh, fuck yeah! So it's like, well, I think I'm doing good. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> cool, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I've studied this extensively along with, like, Nick Estes and stuff. We share research in a sort of collaborative effort to try to, like, expand an indigenous assertion of the story that happened there. Um, because, you know, when the original reports came out, they tried to tell people they didn't fire a single shot at us. Like, there's a baby that was born under gunfire. You know, like, hard sell. When you actually look at the truth, you know, and so, like, uh, there is uh, this amazing reporter, McKieran, who has a lot of great stuff you can check out on it. Um, I'd recommend a lot of his work, but then, of course, Richard Erdos does a lot of autobiographies with the AIM authors, if you want to look into this event further. And I'm going to be plugging myself right here and saying that I'm doing a six-part audio documentary uh, in collaboration with Red Media, The Real News Network, and uh jackman sorry that's the people who actually started this but uh i don't like them and uh <laughs> whatever you know i like the people i work with i don't like them as a organization anyway um i don't but i don't think that's a hard it. sell of that podcast but or uh, this but podcast this but. is all to tell you that there's a long history to this place called wounded knee and the reason why AIM and my nation took over this place, uh, was actually on a whim, funny enough, uh, like it's that day they planned that. <laughs> it turned out pretty good. Anyway, I was um, about to say. So I was saying, in 1984 is when they declared the end of the frontier, and that was the year after the Wounded Knee Massacre, which occurred... Uh, I don't remember the exact... It might have even been Christmas, which would be really fucked up. But, uh, but like, uh, it was around then in December, I think. I'd have to look at it. But 1983 is when it happened. In the wintertime. <laughs> but, uh, a no, bunch and, of... And, and I, I, I apologize, but I need, I need to stop you. You're telling me in 1983 is when they declared 1993. Holy shit. No, okay. no, 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 no. Holy cow. I was Could like, wait imagine? a fucking minute. Was Reagan doing this? <laughs> No, in 1983, my uncle Ross gave a speech at the UN, and like, well, or was it at Congress, something like that. But that's around when they met with like Elliot Abrams and like started working with the Contras. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Uh, Jesus, yeah. Before before we get too far, too, I think because because 1973 being such a key year, I think we're mixing up our numbers a bit. Well, no, 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 knee massacre, 1890. Like, so okay, so so 1973, AIM takes over this occupation. Let's let's restart. Okay, go back. Let's, Let's do that. pretend this episode never started. <laughs> Scooby do it. Queen's dad, blah, blah, blah. 1973, AIM and the independent Oglala Nation take over the Wounded Knee Massacre site, which at this time has a hamlet of about 20, 30 or so people. And uh, they have some funny names. I can't really remember them. You should look them up. But uh, they had, like, this trading post that would rip people off a lot. So they made that their stand on a whim. And that's because that's where the last massacre of the Indian Wars occurred. And so in 1894, you have the end of the frontier occurring. And that's because in 1893, the last massacre of the Indian Wars occurred. And so 
And that happened to, um, uh, uh, they insultingly called him Bigfoot, and I'm blinking on his Lakota name, um, but if I remember correctly, it's like Spotted Deer or Spotted Elk, something like that. Um, Spotted Elk. Spotted Elk. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> Google, I, I, that's Google just, to the rescue. I, oh, just, I was going to say, that's the only one that sounds familiar of you bringing up before, and you've talked to us about Udini before. So Yeah, it's like Glashke Sepe or something like that. Anyway, I, I can't remember, but Glashke means spotted. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, I can't remember the word for elk, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so uh, him and his people are marched through at, uh, the Badlands, basically because they're fleeing the reservation in fear uh, that they'll get uh, killed for being um, revolutionaries, uh, because... Um, only if, like, like, like the year before or something like that, uh, Sitting Bull, or it maybe it was a, a couple weeks before, actually, Sitting Bull is, uh, pulled out of his, uh, cabin and shot, like, in front of his son. Fucked shit. Yeah. Fucked up. And then, like, Crazy Horse, uh, he's being arrested and some guy just comes out of the w- woodworks and assassinates him. Like, uh, the cr- crazy stories. Uh, it's one of his own people, and he had a vision about it even before he died, so it's like, sacred as fuck. Anyway. <laughs> but no, Crazy Horse is pretty important, but these, you know, these are all like you know, great revolutionaries that you know fought for a very long time against the U.S. government, and the reason why they killed Sitting Bull is because he refused to com- like g- conform, to uh, submit himself to the white men. He even wanted to uh, build himself a house. His house was given to him by his own brother. So, it's crazy. Anyway, but yeah, so they take over that site, but we just bought it. Even though we took it over in 1973. So that's confusing. Uh, it's kind <laughs> of, you know. Ooh, so you purchased something that you already owned? Kind of. I mean, like, I guess we didn't. We probably didn't own it legally speaking by the legal by the the white man legal system board. yeah like per allotment lines that was a checkerboard you know okay. like okay so like ranchers you know that own a lot of land on the res now like it, when you're driving down the road you know you hit uh like this is how i always remember it you hit a rancher's house and then there's another rancher's and then there's just some white people that own a piece of land there that are never home. And then you have my uncle's land. Okay. <laughs> and then you have a rancher. No, actually, no. I, I think it's a it's a Indian who works for the State Com- Road Commission. And then we have a rancher. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but across the street is, like, uh, my uncle Russ's land. And he bought up a bunch of shit because he was like, fuck the white people. We were like, yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. That's how it went. All Where right. were we? What's the next one? Oh, Jackson. Huh. Ja- I was about oh, to say. The- well, yeah, speaking of the res, you know, there's bad water out there. And, you know, now American cities have been starting to feel it. You know, we have Flint. Then there's also Howell, Michigan. Nobody heard about uh, and a million other places. Just telling you. You should really look into it. We laundered a bunch of road money. Into fixing the water systems, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that we had oh hell yeah, like that's weird. They paid like a twenty million dollar kickback to fix your water treatment if you put in a two million dollar roundabout and then a second one right next to it. (laughs) So you had Uh, like a figure eight. 
big roundabout is getting in getting in on the the water treatment now they need their kickbacks <laughs> I, I don't get it, but we pay like so. Like Michigan works. I will like if you want to go off. Works, of the, oh, they pay double s- automatically, so everything costs twice. Oh jeez, it's fucking crazy. I, it's crazy politics. But go on. I was I was just gonna say jokingly that that I believe in big roundabout. They put them in every fucking way where they don't belong. <laughs> well, no, but I bet you a lot of that is like a strategy passed down to launder money to different places. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Because how much could a roundabout actually cost? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's how true. are you but spending heard... two million dollars on a roundabout? <laughs> well, I've heard there's some like Brits. study that it's like so much faster than a stoplight and stuff. And I've it been is. around about that. It is. They're they're fine, but is it yeah. really that much faster? In Detroit, oh my god! And in Detroit, mm. they don't put a middle one, so you can just go over it. Oh no! <laughs> you just say screw oh, this right. shit. We're taking the straight line. Oh. No, there's one out by where I live where they intentionally like put yeah, a middle, but like mound. barely made yeah. it a hump, and that way like fire trucks could go over it because they made it so tight that fire trucks couldn't turn. So they're We're just like, like fucking we have to make it useless. Right now. We're complaining about roundabouts right now. I just I know, want everybody God. to be self-aware right now. Roundabout <laughs> discourse is happening in the UP. They put one up, and because so many people there drunk drive just on muscle memory. Some old lady jumped it the first day it was finished. <laughs> Amazing. Day There's a big one. old mound. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? Dukes oh, oh. has it, that shit, and she just kept going. <laughs> Nobody has her license plate. It's so good. It's so oh, good. my God. There's oh, just man. a video cam from the bank next to it. But anyway, nice. uh, so Jackson, Mississippi, much like Flint has undrinkable water, and so does Baltimore. And so does a high-rise, like a low-income complex in New York who has arsenic poisoning, and are also under threat of polio now in their water supply. Yeah! Yeah. But don't worry. Don't worry, guys. The government issued a response on Twitter saying, hey, to avoid PFA chemicals... PFAS chemicals don't microwave plastics. That's yeah, solution. that'll that'll take care. That's of That's the problem right that'll now. Yeah, it. yeah, it's not the just Teflon boil the water. In the entire world water now. <laughs> don't microwave plastics. Yep, all good. You know, all good. These are uh, simple I, solutions. I do want to dig in a little bit too with the the Jackson. First off, it's actually somehow gotten less coverage than the fucking queen dying, and we'll get to that in a second because woohoo! You know, oh, I guess it's. But, a, so, I hate not being in like. Normal circles because I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like, we're all talking about Jackson. What are I, you I, I understand. I'm talking about the news, and and anytime you hear like nobody's talking about this, there are people talking about this, and there are organized community organizers working on this, but there is not like much comparative mainstream talk you know we've talked how many times and something i like hearing you know when we pointed people to like the citations needed podcast because they do really good they come from a a a media criticism background and they do really good about fairness and accuracy and reporting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really Really good really good site really good breakdown of news really love fairness and accuracy and reporting uh fair.org if you want that that website by the way um but Anyway, so job fair. No. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that right now. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. But one thing they point out is it's it's about emphasis, not you know lying, right? It doesn't mean like there aren't lies and aren't all kinds of lies, but sometimes the lies are part of the emphasis. You know, we talk about that. It, it can come in content. 
So, like, most people read headlines, so if you make an alarming headline, but then, like, in the story, kind of walk it back, you've still made the emphasis with the headline. Sure. We've, you know, we've seen articles headlines where... Headlines should be used tactically like that, mm-hmm. but right now they're used tactically for clickbait. Yes. yes. It's not to yes. inform you. They don't give a no. shit about informing you. They don't mm-hmm. recognize that a lot of people just, just read the headline. Mm-hmm. There's you also... That's yeah. the thing is that has to bug me because they have to recognize that people just read the headline. They know it. This is intentional. They, they know oh, it. I, I think there's an elitist is- view, though, that the people who need to get it will yeah. read it. Yeah, and exactly. That the halls of democracy will work it out where the smartest somehow work end up in the position of power as it should oh, be. And sh- instead, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. And yeah. what the fuck? Her face is failed. Failed American Idol contestant Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, um, and then like uh, the okay, so the Alaskan governor who's native, hooray! That should be current events too. Yes. Have oh able my to god, up. how do we die? Sarah Palin got her ass handed to her. Yeah, by which a is, native. That's which, fantastic. Take note. Take note. In any circumstance, indigenous land policies are favorable to everybody. Mm. That's simple. Mm-hmm. Reactionaries, liberals, radicals. Yeah. So, it's true. It's just true because it's common sense shit. You know, it's, well, it's, uh, it's the same land. You know, we the yeah, reactionaries. It's your put- problem too, and that leads mm-hmm. into the episode. But uh, <laughs> that would have been a great time to just. That would have oh, been yeah. a great why, transition, why but we're not getting- save that for the transition. Yeah. Yeah. No. But uh, anyway. Um, but she, uh, she, no, she, she's. Okay, you know, she's still a liberal, you know, like sure, yeah. I mean, any, still any group's going to have like a, a complete spectrum of political views, and liberals are going to get elected more than, more than like a socialist. Exactly, and so like we still needed like hammer home criticisms there, but like acknowledge that hey, you know, there is a chance that you can address Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world in a way that actually appeals to conservatives more than their reactionary bloodlust. Yes. Exactly. And and that is as speaking of of reactionary well, bloodlust. Oh, no. Damn it. Well, we're Sorry. still talking about Jackson. Go ahead. I still I yeah. still wanted to talk about Jackson. Well, I also want to talk I wanted to say two things. One, you know, it's about emphasis, right? And Jackson's comparatively not getting enough attention, but obviously people who are paying attention to it or rightly pointing out, like, we, you know, not only do we not have money for loan forgiveness and all this stuff, but Biden just got that win. But Jackson is, is it doesn't hey, have the money for anything. Hey, we got 10 to 20,000 dollars if you have a Pell Grant. <laughs> That's right. It's just, oh my God. It's, so you can you, re-add that in like 10 years in debt. Oh, I mean, have you seen where interest rates are at? It's going to be 10 years. Yeah, yeah but I, mean, I feel like there's going to be an economic collapse where you just can't get a credit line for a while, you know what I mean? Oh, and you'll have yeah, your 10 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, well, you should be glad. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's that's the most Democrat thing in the world, too. Like, promise 100 things. Be as reactionary, if not more reactionary, than the Republicans on 99 of them. Actually do something halfway left-wing on the one, and it's so damn means-tested that it means nothing. Thing. It's like if you're an entrepreneur who comes from within, you know, 30 miles of a metro area and you've done four years of college, it's always some bullshit like that. Um, My friend won't give me his plus one to Gretchen Wetmer events, fundraising events. Yeah. Because he knows I'll fucking say this kind of shit to her. <laughs> 
<laughs> she like introduces her and shit at fucking like these events for donors, and I'm like, dude, you need to call her out on this shit. I know you know this shit. It's fucked up that you're fucking just introducing her all fucking coy like that. Fuck, man. We've screamed about Stalin in my backyard drinking before. Like. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but I, I did want to say, too, people are tying it rightly to not only the military-industrial complex and the, the money not coming back, but specifically to Ukraine. Like, we're flinging a few billion dollars more Wasn't at Nazis any time you billion? blink. That's, that's what it is, I think, the year total right now. There was The biggest was a $40 billion chunk, but there's keeps being these little chunks. Wasn't it like $66 billion would have taken care of all of student debt or something yes. like that? Oh, yes, yes. It was like yes. only a few billion less. It was cheaper to do that. It was cheaper than, yeah. to have completely eradicated student debt than to have done. Like That would have been a way better pressure release than declaring yes. a war. The only reason they keep declaring a war is this settler colonial mindset, really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, not even and, them declaring the war. It's a proxy war, blah, blah, blah. Immune well, yeah, and let's let's be very clear. Like, it's a proxy war. They don't care if Ukrainians die. They want to weaken Russia. But the best part for them is they have an excuse to sell weapons. We're, we're throwing billions of dollars at Ukraine. We're really, we're, we we're really a, not actually throwing billions of dollars at Ukraine. We we're throwing billions shortage. of dollars. Yeah, we have an arm <laughs> shortage. We gave it all of our old shit to them. Oh, no. And we're yeah. like... Oh, we gotta pay for new things. Yeah, I mean that's what this really is. This is this is actually handouts to Northrop Grumman by Raytheon, so they can get ready for fucking you know like rail guns in their hands and shit. Yes. Oh my this just God, feels like someone crazy. going into their closet and like, I'm going to give away all my clothes to the thrift store. Oh no, I guess I have to buy all new clothes. Well, you've <laughs> seen those prototype lightsabers, right? No, no, I've not. Oh, oh my god. No, no. It's no, not military I, yet. A lot of this is all like, you know, like uh Oh, just like Boston stuff, Dynamics. You know? Totally not going to sell it to them later, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> this is like people like at their house doing this shit oh, on YouTube. Okay. Oh god. You know, but you know that YouTube's like, haha. Pat yeah. <laughs> we have engineers who could do that better. Yes. <laughs> Um, but the last thing I was going to say is, is as far as that arsenic in New York, not only is that very real and they were like handing out water, but this is not the first time Mayor Adams has been connected to a slumlord and covered for their ass. And they immediately, it was the government's tests that found the arsenic and they are coming back and claiming that the tests were wrong with no test to disprove it, just that the test results were contaminated. So there is no arsenic. So I, like, you how do you confirm covering? that without another test that isn't isn't contaminated? That's just bullshit. Have you been covering his like ties to the bourgeoisie? Oh my god, he is. I mean, we haven't done a lot on with, like every yeah. slumlord in New York. It feels like I would recommend everybody check out Eric Adams and like actually dig into his landlord tie. I think he is a landlord himself, even. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, I don't, it's so fucked up. But yeah. Um, Jackson is terrible and uh, literally help me get a U-Haul and I will fill up a bunch of fucking barrels of water from Lake Superior and go down there. (laughs) Hell yeah. I mean, it has PFAS, but hey, it's free fucking it's it's better than whatever the fuck's coming through Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they're not not doing good water handouts. And if you haven't been, and and again, I assume if you're listening to this show that you have been uh, kept abreast a little bit at least of the situation going on uh, in Jackson, but when we say they don't have clean drinking water this isn't like a. it looks black oh, it looks like this, Pepsi. yeah it's not like boil your water and you're okay kind of this is 
No, oh, this is like use. You need five iodine tablets. Throw that shit into a distillery, and then maybe you have clean water. Yeah, you're you not can't bathe. One it, of the two. You, you can't. can't bathe. You can't. There's so we're not talking about. I mean, we're talking basic hygiene Wait. out the window. Oh. We're talking. We're, we're talking basic health out the window. Like all of this stuff is gone. In in the middle, remember of of. Two of pandemics a, and two there's pandemics. a polio outbreak within the, the nation. And then so. Flint still doesn't have clean water, so mm-hmm. uh, we're a little backlogged on fixing water. And Baltimore, well, yeah, like you said, Baltimore, we all kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, New York seems places. to be Phil- having issues. And like sure I Philadelphia has had problems too. This and then there was, uh, you know, Indian reservations, as we mm-hmm. said, first on top of everything. Yes, and so it almost seems like the system is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Demonstrably, uh, yeah. Bolivia went to like had water wars over this shit. We should too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. except theirs was easier because their entire country was monopolized, whereas municipalities here are monopolized, which makes community organizing all the more important. Mm-hmm. Literally, organize your fellow workers against the water utility. It's an that, awesome yeah. fucking project, and, and, and water's not all on board. Yeah, water's not the only utility that's monopolized, by the way. If you guys pay attention, I mean, power is the same way. All, Cable. I mean, yeah, uh, utilities are constantly monopolized. They all have deals. Yeah. Every single company on this fucking planet has yeah. deals with fucking one another where they want to grow. And they mm-hmm. try not to step on each other's toes to avoid competition because there's more money without the competition. When competition mm-hmm. does arise... They rely on cheaper products, and that's how we get PFAS fucking chemicals and everything. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. We saw how that history played out. Oh, wow. Yep. Cool. And Libertarians last. were wrong. Russell, yep. Me- Russell Means. So people who keep hearing me say he's my uncle's, he fucking made this speech called uh, for like uh, Native Americans to live, Europe must die, or something like that, where he argued that Marxism is a European ideology, and we need to dismiss it because of that. <laughs> Walter Rodney <laughs> says it the best. There are millions of people, if not billions, around the world who have utilized Marxism in order to gain mm-hmm. their freedom. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Excuse me. So, uh, Walt, uh, Russell Means is one of those people who argue that, oh, capitalism will regulate itself because of how, if it destroys the environment, then it can't make money. They'll just go to Mars. <laughs> Capitalism is suicidal. It's suicidal. It doesn't care. They won't. They'll kill themselves before they even do that. But they will. They will kill themselves. I am convinced. This is my. This is my big like ancient aliens theory. Ancient aliens is all correct, right? This is the premise. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, except you know, we did build all that shit. The only thing that's correct is that aliens from Mars blew themselves up. Or, like, climate change or some shit destroyed their ozone and fucking sent life forms here to try to, like, survive. And we were Martians. (laughs) And that's Atlantis, you know? (laughs) We we have to do some kind of intervention when you're watching Alex Jones next time because this is just (laughs) getting out of hand. (laughs) No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you. (laughs) No, that's all for fun, but, like... <laughs> I'm not actually believing them, but I'm just saying, fucking, might as well be what we're literally trying to do. Mm, oh yeah, yeah because you know. the people with power—that's that's the way they're looking. Yeah, 
Yeah. And they're going to use them. Okay, last no, we're cutting off. Last but not least, <laughs> a brief. We have two minutes. Two minutes, everybody. Queen's dead. Lizzie died. We said. That. Anyone have any thoughts outside of? I oh North Korea. Okay, yeah. Okay, we remember what we were going to say. Exactly. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll take this. I'll take this one because I get to take yeah, very yeah. few things, and this one I actually recognized. No, this is some bullshit. Because here's the trick. All right, Queen died. Uh, a bad person who had untold wealth that they extracted from around the world. Uh, she through... exempted herself from having to showcase her wealth even to hide that. Yes, yeah, he... and she and just gem after gem after gem that she owns could remake the economies of the countries they've been stolen from. You know, exactly, I mean, just monster. The extracted wealth that she sat upon the the horrendous atrocities that her empire uh took part in what i don't give a shit whether oh but it wasn't her it was parliament and this is all different fuck you no she, she could disband was- parliament at any time she- at any time she has that power they she- don't have a constitution they don't they have the magna carta and that shit's fucking just a suggestion yeah it's it's all in it in all of it's irrelevant she upholds capitalism at its highest form in all of its ways does nothing to push back about against it and actively more than maybe any one singular individual is a is a symptom of what capitalist accumulation is about and what it does and that person died and now the entire world yes so that's a yay thumbs up thumbs up across the zoom call fuck Uh, yes but that being said now we're in this fun post-death discourse and the thing that is the most jarring to me and the most irritating to me as someone that lives on the the communist side of the world um hearing everybody talk about the uh uh the democratic people's republic of korea uh hearing people talk about stalin hearing people talk Mm -hmm. about even lenin um, or or any of these or like, other even even dishes. China they try to say it about Xi Jinping and, Xi and stuff Jinping. like that well, too. Even um, you you go to any go. third world country, warmongers, lawless wasteland, no economic, so much. They're bribing their people shit. for votes. Mm-hmm. It's all of the, It's all cult of personality. It's all this. It's this accusation of cult of personality, and that's all they live off of is a cult of personality. Yes. And and then you turn on any television in the last three days the only thing you can see is people openly in the streets weeping over a crazy old lady dying a lady got yeah. uh, arrested actually in um, a, a person got arrested for somewhere in the uk for holding yeah, up a well, there's a she got her coffin delivered to it starts with like an e edinburgh yeah, that's the one. Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. yeah, in Edinburgh, there's a lady holding a sign that just said, uh, down with imperialism uh, and the monarchy or something like I that. I think abolish the monarchy mm-hmm. or something abolished like that. Abolish monarchy, yeah, and she got fucking arrested. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so your freedom of speech absolutist will be nowhere to be seen on that one, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, and beyond- they do the bullshit. Like, one that exception make you know proves the rule, and that's England, not America. It's it's all a load of shit. Well, the that's, literal that's, lie it, is yeah. North Koreans are compelled to fake cry and yeah. get on their knees for yeah. the Kim family. Or is, meanwhile, yeah, everybody in England thing, right? cries and breaks out into song, and the one person that doesn't gets arrested. It's like, what the fuck do you think is happening there? Yeah. <laughs> 
and this whole discourse that you're not allowed to speak ill of the queen. Oh, you can't speak ill of her. You yeah. can't, can't talk. And, oh, and and that is a thing too. Like you, you can't force people to cry. By the way, like everybody in England does that crying because they've bought in because of propaganda. Like that's how <laughs> yeah, it actually works. That. No, it can be. You never like if someone's telling you people forced to cry. That, that doesn't work. The world doesn't function like that. You have to get buy-in with a load of bullshit. That's what actual monarchs do. But have we considered presenting our arguments in song form for the liberals to understand? <laughs> I would prefer a jaunty rap-based musical. Um, I was I thinking think that's sea shanty, the way that but... Jaunty, jaunty pseudo-rap-based musical, I, I think, is what gets through to them best right now. I thought there was supposed to be a celebrity TikTok sing-along. Wait, that's I Hamilton. A that's a here. Hamilton joke. I just Thank got you. That. It was a Hamilton joke. Yes, it was a Hamilton Fuck. joke. I forgot about Hamilton. Let's get on with the episode. I was, I was making an imagined song from COVID jokes. Despite the current the events being 30 minutes long, we will do one section today. We're going to do at least one section today, gang. I promise you that. So please turn to page 30. Everyone in your books, turn to page 30. And realize uh, how... Very achievable, this promises. <laughs> no, nobody look at how achievable this promise is, damn it. No. Give us just credit when we us. blow through. That's just right. phrase it that way to all your friends. In this episode, this is, they actually got through a section. This is not about achievability. It's about commitment. We are committing. <laughs> so remember last episode with our amazing segue, we weren't able to achieve on this episode, mentioning the Alaskan uh, governor's positions. Um, it's not just... An Indian problem, quote unquote. <laughs> I hate that I had to say that. I was uh, about to say, I was like, can, can you, Shigmani 2 gets to read this section because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, plus, I got a lot to say, eh? <laughs> Especially <laughs> considering today's events in the Discord. Um, <laughs> while indigenous people are framed as the age old, quote unquote, Indian problem, decolonization and land back aren't just an Indian problem. If every struggle were made into a climate struggle, which must be done if we were to have a future on this planet, like we spent a good amount of time discussing with our current events, see, it's all, it was all planned, I swear. It all ties together, it all ties together. (laughs) Everything just falls into place sometimes, that's what we call it, the great mystery. No, uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Uh, which must be... Uh, then every struggle in North America must be made into a struggle for decolonization. The solutions offered in the Red Deal must entail a revolution that turns back the forces of destruction. It must penetrate the economic and cultural realms... I was going to say a really fucked up that word there. With equal urgency and force. I was just going to say... Rooms. I was about to say, I was like, what word were you going to say? No, not like 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 a bad word. <laughs> oh, that's like what just... I thought. I was like, what what slur do I not know? <laughs> no, oh God, no, 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 no! I just meant like bad is bad English. I'm not good at okay. English. Sometimes. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> so, uh, where were we? Where were we? Realms with equal urgency and force. Indigenous people should be empowered to develop and implement restorative practices according to their own customs and traditions. Caretakers should not hesitate to take the reins of leadership. 
The energies and passions of indigenous people at the forefront of resisting extractive capitalism should inspire everyone, as water protectors and land defenders have inspired a generation of climate justice revolutionaries. Indigenous demands for the restoration of land, air, and water are essential for the return of our collective humanity. This is the vision and the mandate of the Red Deal, uniting indigenous and non-indigenous people in a common struggle to save the earth. And that's quite literally why I joined with the Red Nation. You know, like, um, they were spouting this stuff, and they're the only people spouting this. Quite literally. I've investigated the parties in the United States. Until the Red Nation came on the scene, this wasn't being talked about effectively enough. I think the closest thing was a shitty project called Climate Stalin that was filled with a bunch of reactionary vegans who thought we should genocide house pets. Oh, that's so a like take. No, it's not peanut. genociding. We're not genociding. We're only systematically sterilizing all of them until they can't reproduce, thus dying off. Mm, nice. Genociding them. Yeah. If yeah. your solutions are genocide-related, you might be a settler colonialist. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> is that Foxworthy? I can't remember. The, what what is this, the red-collar comedy yeah. tour? What are we doing now? <laughs> it's the real red-collar now. Hey. <laughs> that was red used in three different ways. Three different ways. <laughs> yes. That's we got fucked. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, but to the settler-colonial... Settler... To me, it's a settler problem. <laughs> okay? And, I, you know, uh, um, term, uh, you know, sort of communist popularized with uh, good old angles, but uh, you could honestly describe this as like a mass Dunning-Kruger effect. You know, really? Ooh. Really, I mean, when you think about it, that is occurring when um, they, as in settlers... <laughs> try to white explain environmental justice, land acquisition, and a variety of other issues that indigenous people have 500 years or more of experience. It's a long time. Communism hasn't time. been around that long. It's a long time. Uh, so when you espouse scientific socialism like we all do, you need to recognize that there are movements outside of the communist movement that inspired it. You know, because communism isn't original. It just took from a bunch of different places and said, hey, I bet you if we combine these things, we might do something better. Which isn't wrong, you know? I mean, that that's usually how things in the world are developed, too. Like, you even see the reactionaries buy into this whole, like, oh, democracy, we're so democracy to where they use, use it as a buzzword for capitalism. They didn't, like pull democracy to form, you know, the United States from, like, ancient Greece and figure it out. They they took it from the Iroquois Confederation, right? Well, no, like, but that's not true. So what they did is they said, oh, the Federation idea, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then they said, what if we added democracy, which also thinks slavery is a necessity of society? Yes. And we said, this is the right way to do it because the white people's idea is dominating it. Mm-hmm. So it aimed to incorporate what it thought to be the good ideas, which is basically placating what mm-hmm. could be an uprising from slaves, uh, peasantry, etc. You know, like, 
all too heteros history is the history of class struggle. That's, um, that's true. The only difference between indigenous societies is that we aren't written history as Angles would later annotate. annotate. So mm. that's something if you're doing the reading, you might <laughs> want to learn. The same reason why Christians might want to learn they might have fucked up Red Sea and Reed Sea. Two different things. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know we're not sure on that one. We're waiting for more copies to appear, basically. Now I'm going to uh, spend way too much time this next week digging into that. Uh. No, I love digging into Christianity just because that's like where my uh, like uh, academic roots is really born out. Because my grandpa sure. had like a master's in theology, so. That was like my family's predisposition is just to argue about Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to read that book because you all are not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read the fuck out of that book. Misquoting shit. So I'm confused (laughs) as fuck. I need to read this myself. No, that's that's cool. But as a thing, just to everybody, since we brought up the the Dunning-Kruger, you know, we've got to remember. Oh, you should read that. We should read that. Anting Durig? Is that what Oh, yeah. Uh... Is that yeah, the one that's in it? That's definitely an Engels work, is anti-during. Is that the one that yeah, it's I, mentioned in? I'm pretty sure that, because I think it takes his intro for it or something like that. Okay. But I yeah, think though, it's anti-during is the piece. That would make sense, and I am not against reading anti-during. See, now that would be a mini-madness right there. No, um, that's a good mini-madness. There's a good mini-madness. We should um, just plan for it and throw it in once it's done and ready. There we go. Because yeah. it, it's it, not that important, but it's a good complimentary piece for people's education. Yes. Yeah. But and that way, in arguments, you could be like, do you not want to read that book? Well, here's mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, that's what I do. That's my face whenever I'm making snide remarks to people. Maybe you should read a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's definitely my feeling, but I'm right the, when I'm saying it. You the know? listeners are very I'm concerned like, about the face you're making because they can't see it at all. But, uh, <laughs> imagine a weasel's face. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to jump off of that is we, I mean, we are materialists, right? And people get mixed up historical materialism and dialectical materialism. Materialism itself, like historical is, is the materials around you form your thoughts. And then, of course, your thoughts say, change the world. But your material conditions, you know, not only form those thoughts, but they allow that thought to go into effect or not and thus progress history. And that's an important materialism brought forth from dialectical materials, but materialism itself means from evidence. We use the evidence to form the theory rather than forming a theory and, you know, discussing it and debating it. Like the debate, bro, that's idealism, right? Well, what if this happened? What if this never happened? Well, what about in this exercise? A lot of times there's like historical examples for Mm -hmm. what you're hypothesizing and you're just too ignorant to know. And Mm -hmm. And this is referring to an earlier discussion that happened in the Discord. I'm calling you out in public, but, you know, I'm not calling you out totally. You know who you are. Yeah, but I mean, it brings up it brings up something that we need to to remind our, our whole listenership and, and anyone of is is we draw from evidence, and even if you go back to to Marx, like we're not just talking about angles and anti during and recognizing that indigenous history you know exists and is documented, but isn't is written isn't physically documented in words in that same way. But we also you know we've talked for a long time about how like the Soviet Union formed a lot of its. Um, um, government after the Paris Commune, and that's because Marx was inspired when he saw the Paris Commune. He saw something in action and went, oh, we should see things in action and go, oh. So if something is working, if people have been at a revolution for hundreds of years and things have worked, we should see that and go, oh, not, oh, that doesn't fit our ideas. Well, I don't think a lot of people realize on how much the Soviet also helped advance 
like the Soviet system help advance Bolshevik theory. I mean, not to say that the Soviets were totally right about everything, but the Soviets represented a very diverse selection of people with many different diverse ideas. And at that time, you still had a pretty good amount of the indigenous populations of Russia. So, despite everything that's gone on, yeah, you had mistakes, which is exactly why you can't ignore settler colonialism, because Mm -hmm. Russia was a settler colonial state, engaged in settler colonialism in Alaska, and sold it off to the United States, plus within its own borders. So, ignoring that because you think you're not a part of it, because of a misanalysis, is a huge failing on the part of the Bolsheviks, and probably could have prevented a lot of the issues that they saw arise. Not to, like... You know, hindsight 2020 this, but it's hindsight's 2020. And really, as I've come to know a lot of Russians personally, you know, Russians, uh, it's a lot of indigenous people in Russia. Mm -hmm. And I literally have friends that uh, I don't even have to investigate this anymore. I get book reports from people, you know, like I don't have an organization. I've organized communists to help me study faster. That's what I've done. Because I don't, I, 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 well, I have an organization, sure, but it's not actually helping me in the community. So I can organize my community while engaging in theory with comrades and other cadres, you know, because we're not in a party yet. I don't care about a democratic centralist system. I really don't. I need to know our material conditions to effectively communicate what I think is the correct ideas. And I, I mean, like, I don't want to say I have all the answers, but like, I have an insight into a lot of different fucking shit from a very interesting perspective that people are not conveying on the left yet. I am from the res. I also am an urban Indian. You know, I'm a very traditional person, yet I am not because I understand traditionalism is not static. You know, there's a very complex perspective presented here, you know, and so that's the only reason I think I have any authority to assert my opinion in a way that seems superior just because I know that I've read the books and I don't know if anybody else has. I just don't know. You know, I assume people have, and I've unfortunately found that there's a lot of white fragility in the left right now. And that's what we're trying to address with the settler problem and why I term it that way. Because it isn't a question about the indigenous people. It's not a question about the black people. It's a question about the white people and allowing the people of color to settle things in the fucking country because white people keep fucking talking too loud and we can't have a serious discussion on what needs to be done. No offense. But, you know, if it was only people of color talking, the conversation would be very different. That's just true. That's just the material conditions. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think it was Cabral who said, no, no, it was Fanon who said, you know, you are rich because you are white. Or he was quoting somebody. But you are rich because you are white we are poor because we are brown. You know, Mm -hmm. that turns the class analysis into a very different analysis that incorporates a much larger view. And it's exactly why, like, I've been recommending to people very much by Verso's Decolonial Marxism by Walter Romney. It's (laughs) easy to build off of and synopsizes things so much simpler that are one-on-one things to me. You know, one thing too, I I just to say is, is we've said before, you know, if you're looking around your party, your cadre, your organ, and maybe it's location based causes it, but usually it's it's not. If you're looking around and you're going, 
why are why are we so white? It's it's because you know your politics are white. You fix the politics, you'll you'll fix the the population in your cadre. Well, the or settler token. colonialism is really successful in your area, right? And you have even more racism to overcome, and even more responsibility to present these ideas correctly. Yes, that's and, the and important that is, part. If you confuse this shit with white genocide shit, you're going to do more harm to me than mm. you are going to help me. Because we need to be very clear to these fragile people that we do not want to murder them. The jokes are all fun about making people face the wall, but you are inspiring extreme reaction against people of color who support your ideology. Mm-hmm. And and the the other way I was gonna um, you know bring that too is obviously if. If you keep being told, you know, your ideas are white or your your, your ideas are chauvinistic, uh, then maybe the conversation is too white. Maybe the white voices are too loud or the chauvinistic voices are too loud and you need to let other voices through. You know, I mean, these things, they, they evidence themselves, right? When you're questioning the outcome, you should be questioning the process on the way in unless it is an extenuating circumstance. Like you're a heavily settled area and the population is just so white, you there's just nobody else there to get into it. And then again, uh, like Shigmati too said, you've got to battle the settled colonial mindset and the racism even harder. Yep. What what was uh, who said you gotta kill the cop who's inside your head? Oh, um, um, indigenous political structures and economic systems do not apply only to indigenous people. Our liberation is bound to the liberation of all humans and the planet. What we seek is a world premise. Sorry, you know the only bad part about my clear notes is it kind of fucks up my reading. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> words on words on words. Yeah, 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 exactly. So premised on indigenous values of interspecies responsibility and balance, we seek to uplift knowledges, technologies, governance structures, and economic strategies that will make these values possible in the immediate future and in the long term, and which always have the future health of the land at the center of their design and implementation. Indigenous or not, in this sense, decolonization is for and benefits everyone. It also needs our collective cooperation to succeed. We're not primitivists. We're not fucking cavemen. We're not asking for a return to a past that did not exist and a securement for the future of the Lakota race. We're asking to be allowed to exist on the land in which we always exist in a way in which we've tried to always exist. (laughs) That's it. You know, what we mean by interspecies responsibility and balance is existence. Animals, plants, humans, microbes, and all that makes uh, us and what makes the world move, we have a word for called Deshkanshka, which means that which moves. Okay? We have words for the little ones, the microbes that change how we act. We understood that there were microbes in our stomach before white people did. You know, I just, you know, we've said it weirdly, you know, but when you think about these things differently, through a lens of science, applied science to the philosophy, 
you end up coming out, wow, there's a lot of scientific basis to the philosophy, because a lot of it seems to be designed by scientific experimentation and experience, rather than just theoretical utopianism and uh, uh, idealism. You know, um, so quite literally to me, materialism, you know, dialectical materialism is just white people rediscovering how most the world thinks, you know, and it's a wonderful way to think. It's a wonderful way to consider things. Um, dialectical behavioral therapy, if you need therapy, I'd recommend asking your therapist about it. Maybe they could look into it and maybe become a better therapist themselves. But, uh... I digress from that. Uh, dialectics is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> when we're t- when I'm talking about you know this interspecies responsibility, you think about the Great Plains, and a lot of people don't understand quite how it became so great, you know. But this is what happens: the grass grows. I don't know when it started, but it grows, and here comes Brother Buffalo. And he eats it. This is for children. I'm explaining this like you all are missing. You all are missing the the hand gestures. The (laughs) hand, the shadow (laughs) puppets that Shibati Two is doing right now are. (laughs) (laughs) But but the buffalo comes along and eats the grass, and then it poops out the grass. And here comes the dung beetle. It doesn't eat the poop. No, no. It eats other bugs or some shit. I don't know. The documentaries don't really talk about that. But the dung beetle collects a big old, like, 10-pound, 20-pound ball of shit and plants eggs in the middle of it and then buries it four feet underground. Talk about fertilizing. You know what I mean? And so then the plants get really fucking huge because the topsoil's not two feet thick, like in, like, you know, the, the coast... You know, no, fucking, it's seven feet thick. You know, until white people come along and create the dust bowl. (laughs) Fucked it up. Uh, You know, but, you you know, there's an inter, you know, connection there. Because when you're like, oh, well, then, you know, what comes next? Well, the Lakota come along and they hunt the buffalo. And then they leave sacrifice for Brother Wolf and Coyote and Eagle, you know, we we're not just taking, we're giving too. You know, the, the problem is, is when you take and then sell for profit. That's the problem. Your problem shouldn't be with the eating of animals, so long as you're providing for the animals you didn't eat as payment. You know, there's a take and give. That's the way we see it. You don't have to agree with that, but I think you're wrong because <laughs> we didn't murder all the fucking animals. Just saying. And soy fucking byproducts are just a bigger problem for climate change as cows. And I wouldn't eat either of them. So fuck you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the people that are in my head that I'm arguing against. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is what we call the circle of life. You know, to fucking reduce it to Disney terms. You know, the circle of life. Get Elton John in here. We call it the sacred hoop, which is like Kongleshke, uh, something, uh, something like that. Whatever. Anyway, the sacred hoop is what we call it, and um, you know, uh, Black Elk. He talks about this a lot. Um, he's somebody who actually was able to go out and see the dead bodies at Wounded Knee, 
you know, so he's not that old. Like, he actually lived, like, to the, like, 30s or something. Like, he lived to be pretty old. Yeah. Like, he he was there when we were still hunting buffalo before the white man controlled us. And then he was there and became a Catholic priest, even. Crazy oh, shit. Because he needed to understand the power of the white man if he was to hope to have revolution for his people. Hmm. That's the reasoning. Well, you know, when you break it down. <laughs> it takes a lot of studying to get to that point. Uh, but this, you know, the buffalo made the plains and gave us food, shelter, clothing, and so much more. We did controlled burns. We raked the forest, as Trump likes to describe <laughs> it as. We only took what we needed, and we didn't destroy their work. Instead, we added to it and chose to be nomadic. You know, that's just the Oglala. You don't have to do that. You just have to choose to build cooperatively on what your comrades, the animals, do as long as you're working with them. They are willing to provide for you. Okay, because we had millions of buffalo when we were hunting them. So, you know, like, I'm not asking to go back to hunting. I'm asking to find that symbiotic relationship again. And that being said, we have hit the end of a section. Yay, we did a section. Yay, we did as we promised. We did our one page. We did as we promised, and that was one full page. (laughs) It's so good, though. You you know, like, yeah. When you actually break down what is portrayed in just one page of this, I mean, it's pocket size. You could carry this in your back pocket if you're, like, you know, a person who wears male clothing. Well, male clothing, you know. You gotta be specific though about what era. If you get like some '90s jinkos, you can put any fucking. Oh, that's true. I can put capital. I can put capital in some jinkos. You can put all three volumes of capital in some jinkos. You can put the theoretical 16 copies in there. You know what I mean? (laughs) But uh, yeah, no. So like, there is you know, there's this the Indian problem isn't just an Indian problem. It's a problem that conveys a lot of information in a very short conversation. And, you know, like our struggles session we kept mentioning, you know, you can do a lot with very few words. And you have to understand what those words mean when you're using them. Otherwise, you are going to come off very wrong to people who act in a collective way for their liberation. Because we're, we're arguing not with you. We're arguing with 500 years of oppression. Yeah. You know? That's mm-hmm. the scope you engage us with. And if you're not willing to engage us in that scope, well then you are being ignorant and dismissive. Because I don't talk about things in a way I don't know. You know, I talk about things through ways I understand them. And so, like, consider if one nation is to sell off its private property to another nation, uh, and then that nation wants to reacquisite it, how does that work? Well, apparently you buy it back in real-life examples. (laughs) So, you know, like, why argue about a hypothetical? (laughs) Yeah. That's the lesson of today. Look back and listen to the Indian, because he's talking... they're talking about material reality and what yeah. they go through 
any person of color is probably talking about it that way. I can't speak for other communities, and I'm not going to. I'm willing to say that about indigenous people, as most of the time they're engaging in material reality and what they know as indigenous people. If it comes off idealistic and stuff, it's because you haven't pointed out maybe where they're falling into, I guess, an idealistic approach, but a lot of times their idealism is rooted in some sort of materialism. That's the issue. Like, every communist is an idealist. We all want communism. So when we start doing this semantic bullshit and dismissing people, you know, like, it's really about the content of the argument. And you can see very clearly when Trotskyists are like, what if we had revolution everywhere? You're like, that's a great idea on paper. You're going to run out of money. <laughs> People, Wait a minute. Good, was good that, job. Was that, was that resources. Was that movie everywhere, like everything everywhere all at once? Was that just a trot movie and I didn't know about it and they didn't tell Maybe. me? Maybe. But like, you know, why do so many Trotskyists become neocons? Because they become convinced that if you introduce these people to democracy through permanent revolution... You might be able to get them on the step towards like an actual revolution you are okay with. That's fucking conservative brain rot, but you know, mm. that's the same ilk of the fucking Patsosh, the Potsy, you know, that's the same ilk <laughs> for the fucking ultra Maoist. You know, it's these people that are thinking in idealism rather than what's achievable today and promotes a future. For the yeah. movement, um, I'm all for taking up guns. Not right now, though. Not yeah. right now. No. no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Hold on. Let me get the quote here. But something we we talk about. I mean, we think very very highly, of course, of Parenti here, and he sometimes gets overblown with white Marcus Lenas, and he's not perfect, but he's very good, and he understands something about that where he would say, you know, call the camels, call the drapes. <laughs> as long as we know who we're talking about, or no, is that what, no, that's my favorite one. But well, I I was going to say that that my favorite Parenti thing, and and I think it was uh, Bookchin that that was the one that pushed back on it. And it's like that's a good sign that you're probably not following him down the right rabbit hole. Uh, but uh, Parenti basically said, "I support the revolution that feeds the children." You know, I oh, mean, it's same speech, uh, yeah. Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've transcribed that speech. I actually have an episode ready to release about nice. it. People can help me fix Hell yeah. my computer so I can access my hard drives. Nice, uh, nice. <laughs> literally, I need like four hundred fifty bucks or something like that. Please, mm-hmm. for the love of God, let me fucking release this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that is as. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. Uh, it's a Neil Cabral. I'm looking for. Uh, a specific piece. Maybe it's not Emil Cabral. Maybe it's Rodney himself I'm speaking, thinking of directly. But essentially, you know, it's just about thinking about things through uh, more... Re- I, I want to call it a reasonable lens because violence is oftentimes the only answer. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The issue is we should try... To make gains without violence as much as possible. 
Oh, that is essentially also, the lessons. Yeah, there's also a Lenin quote, right? If we could have the revolution without spilling a drop of blood, we would. We only, you know, kill because we're forced to, right? Like, I mean, and, and yeah, that's a but little I feel more... like that allows a lot of people to reduce it purely to who yeah, cares that's... about doing anything but violence. Is that's my issue. true. And then we exactly. get really into anarchist territory. That's true. And, and you're ignoring a lot of other the Lenin. necessity of the violence. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's yes, violence is oftentimes a necessary force, but you don't have to commit violence in how we usually think about it. You know, mm-hmm. violence to the ruling class. I think uh, in our struggle session, we even came to this agreement, you know. Uh, the violence to the ruling class constitutes a lot more than just taking up guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. And oh, just yeah. like you can their them violence their constitutes all of it. Well, it's just like their violence constitutes a lot more to the working class than just the wars in Iraq and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, the fact that we put locks on fucking garbage cans so people can't eat out of them. It's yeah. garbage. Yeah. If we and threw it away, honestly, it's better for the environment if they're eating out of it. So, yeah. Well,. And and you know by the same by the other token, uh, there's always a thought of uh, and people point to like oh people were really against Vietnam and the Iraq War and Vietnam still had to be won by the Vietnamese and the Iraq War still happened and stuff like that so they don't care what you think no I mean they they absolutely care what we think that's why they work so hard on propaganda that's why there's all these that's why know, Call of Duty came out I mean <laughs> shit <laughs> you know it's, it's but that's why they they get people sold in on all these wars and it's important to have everybody like flying Ukraine flags and calling everybody an Assadist for. Anything is why they rip on South. They care a lot about that stuff, and so you know, any attack on their veneer is is, is, is on their on their legitimacy is violence. That's a very the powerful easiest way to, attack to, to on work. the veneer and legitimacy. Indigenous issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, your country's illegitimate, just like Israel, because a yeah. lot of these people will support Palestine, right? Like yeah. a lot of these progressives. So it's like, oh, I've, same I've thing. Said it same thing before and. I, yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know. Um, the idea that being anti-Israel is anti-Semitic is a load of bullshit that they throw out there at uh, you know on a whim. That said, if you're pro-Palestine and you're not against other settler colonies like the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, then that, Brazil Mexico, then, then that is anti-Semitic because <laughs> why did you pick only the Jewish one to be against? Be against all these settler colonies. Well, that's like Alex Jones, right? Like he'll say he's anti-Israel. But then he'll attack anti-Zionists as anti-Semites. Right, right. So it's like, oh, 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 this is exactly why we can't ally with the right wing like the fucking Potsies think we should. (laughs) This is a literal example of why we can't, because it's co-option. There's a lot more than just that, but that's that's the obvious. Well, I think the Potsies are just these people pretending to be leftists half the time, so like, whatever. Yeah, I'm really paranoid about this shit at this point, but I, there's a white conspiracy. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I... Just like the Missouri Commission for fucking planning the Downriver Valley. All right. It's white people co- fucking conspiring. It's not Jewish people. It's fucking white people. Mm-hmm. It's always is. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's end the episode. And we will talk more <laughs> about how white people are fucking up the world next week, as we are wont to do. Uh, but this has been Mark's Madness Pod in collaboration with the Red Nation. Uh, there are a number of different ways that you can reach out to us if you would like to do that. On the Mark's Madness side, if you would like to reach out to us, the first way you can do so is through email. Our email address is marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you wanted to get us on Twitter, our Twitter is at Mark's Madness Pod. Our DMs are open and our, uh, uh, link, our Twitter bio has a link to our Discord server, which has been mentioned a couple times today. Uh, it's there. Uh, if you want a place to go and have conversations about this kind of stuff and talk with like-minded comrades, you are more than, oh, if you're listening to this show, you are more than welcome. Uh, the link is in our Twitter bio or you can email us directly for a link if you are someone that doesn't use Twitter because you're a better person than I am. Um, that being said, Shugmani2, plugs? Uh, yeah, you could, well, okay, I guess you can reach me at the, the underscore red underscore nation on Twitter, but that's like the Red Nations. You can get a hold of me directly at, at Bands Island. Uh, it's my personal Twitter and the Bands of Turtle Island Twitter. Nothing could go wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I shit post on there and I yell at people a lot. So yeah, whatever. If you like, if you find it kind of endearing the way I shit talk, you might like it because I just don't put up with people's shit. Anyway, uh, I guess you could call me like a bully for the the meek. <laughs> I don't know. I try to have the correct thing and not be a bully to people who don't deserve it. So, uh, uh, what else do I have going on? Um, there's an Instagram for the Red Nation. It's like the Red Nation movement. Uh, most importantly, you know, if you want to support the work the Red Nation does, there's a lot of mutual aid efforts around the world, including in Hawaii, South America, like in Bolivia and Venezuela. And, uh, all over the place. I, I could go on and on and on. We're trying to get involved with Guatemala. It's just very hard, and you end up spreading yourself too thin. You know, uh, you got to really gauge that, and uh, that's the big difficulty, especially without like funds or whatever, to send people to these places to discuss things without, you know, NSA surveillance. <laughs> kind of important, but uh, <laughs> kind of sucks because you contribute to the climate disaster or whatever. But anyway. Uh, what else do we got going on? I personally, what I organize with is funded through uh, GoFundMe, my own personal Patreon and Cash App. Uh, the Patreon and Cash App are Zicados Tin Can. I just started the GoFundMe. Uh, I'll give you guys a link. Um, the goal is like three thousand dollars or something super reasonable that I'm just I I, I want to I need to build a shed. Uh, I'm trying to get a canoe, so I three hundred bucks for a canoe. That's cheap. Real cheap canoe. Okay, so I could harvest wild rice uh, and help other people in the area harvest wild rice so that they can survive. That's all I'm trying to do is help people fucking survive because the UP is fucked. There is no interstates up here. You know how you're saying how easy it is to get classified as an interstate? We don't have one. <laughs> Not one in the UP. Well, actually, there is one. It just only goes to Canada. So, fuck. So, whatever. Uh, yeah. Seventy-five, I seventy-five, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of different stuff. I'm building a permaculture forest that's going to feed people for eternity, as long as nobody fucks it up, you know. <laughs> and y'all help me f fucking save the planet and the red nation. Uh, and you know, that's not to like put us in like this savior position Max Agile I think is how his last name's pronounced wrote the People's New Green Deal you know there's a bunch of people saying the exact same shit as us and it all comes down to respect indigenous people who would have guessed <laughs> <laughs> we're not the only Shock. ones 
<laughs> we're just the only people publishing as a collective of people instead of one person. So that's a little more communist. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, besides that, uh, uh, there's a Wreck YouTube Bay. channel. Oh, Wreck- yeah, I was going to get that. But there's oh, a Red sorry. Nation YouTube channel. Look at that. Uh, we're trying to do an episode to cover that and go more in depth in the PFAS crisis and the response of white governments um, from the indigenous perspective with Kieran, who's also now the first black, uh, the founder of the first black union in Australia, so, which is pretty pretty cool. Because yeah. I guess in Australia, they racistly call the indigenous people blackies. Oh, good. That's a, yeah, I, I played Minecraft with this white Australian who was like, no, that's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a take anyway that's a take uh, bay has been poisoned by PFAS chemicals a lot longer than all of us but now the rain down in Africa also produced PFAS chemicals that was a terrible joke but uh <laughs> <laughs> I've done yeah, a couple no. this week you, you, you needed to get one in I've done a couple this episode but <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like uh, there's a million different things. Just you know, t- uh, tweet me if you have a question or reach out to me on the Discord with uh, the caveat. Uh, I might tell you to shut the fuck up sometimes. But uh, yeah, that's it. I think that all being said, David, time for a disclaimer. Yeah, so obviously the Mark's Madness side of this collaboration, uh, way back when we started, Nathan came up to me, he's like, hey, I want to read Capital. Now, theory, um, history, anything like that, you want to read as a group. Uh, that way you're reviewing over the material, making sure you retain it. Uh, that way you're getting other perspectives. That way you're tying it back to today. That way you're getting the context around it, things like that. And so Nathan, you know, because I'd already read it once, went, well, you know, we'll do it with us. And since there was only two of us, and that's a pretty darn small group, we decided to record it. And lo and behold, you guys are all here. So um, ever since then, what the vision always was, was hopefully uh, in your party, in your organization, in your cadre, whatever you are, are organizing in, uh, hopefully you guys have a political education, a reading group, and you're reading these works along with us. Um, you're going over it, and we can just be another voice in that room. Um, let's say that's not happening, and your you know party or cadre or group is, is reading something a little more focused on a project you're on, or a little shorter, or just something more they feel applicable, and you're reading this on your own. Hopefully we can be that reading group and give you all those benefits. And let's say uh, that's not happening, and it's either a book more like this, where we're reading it word for word, like an enhanced ebook, or a book that we summarize more. Whatever we can do to get make these works more accessible to you, because we want these works out there guiding your actions. When you take these works and turn them into revolutionary action, um, things like, you know, growing permaculture, building community, um, assistance, feeding people. You know it's a good one? Child care. Child care. Child care is huge. Literally, not even just child care for protests. Literally just offer child care to your community. Mm-hmm. And you know how big that will be, affordable child care? Not to mention, theoretically, if you get like certified as like a daycare and shit, you could do a whole 501c3, 501c3 thing that actually gains uh, profit that you can just put back into the movement instead of keeping for yourself as long as you're honest about those kinds of things. You know, the only bad thing about 501c3s is that they're dishonest. Yeah. So you could not pay taxes on your donations as a revolutionary movement instead of a revolutionary party 
and you could do a bunch of different shit with actual money because we don't we don't need a registered party in America. We don't need that. Yeah, we just don't need that. PSL does not need to continuously pay and waste workers' money running for presidential elections. Yeah. And and childcare is a big one too out there because of course you know not only are we trying to smash colonialism and capitalism but we're trying to smash patriarchy and not in the glass ceiling Hillary Clinton bullshit way but like actually actually you know bring non men and men on equal planes and one of the best ways to do that is you know minimize the difference in gender you know gender roles and and you know minimize some of the domestic labor God it took me way too long to remember. Well, the- the big problem is, is that, you know, you need two jobs to survive. Mm-hmm. So any working class parent mm-hmm. is always being their own babysitters. They're splitting the day up between the two of them. You mm-hmm. take nights, I take days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's usually how it goes, right? Something yeah. like that, mornings, whatever, whatever works for you. You know, and for, that doesn't leave a lot of time for organizing. Mm-hmm. You're lucky if you're me and you get the chance. The only difference is I I'm, I don't have to work another job because somebody else is paying my bills out of kindness and because I do good organizing. Yeah, turns out it pays to be communist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> turns out, turns out, like it's like okay, cool. A white person gave me a house. That's yeah. cool. Like that's just that should happen more often. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just where we're at in society. People should just take pity on people and be like. I have a house that I'm renting out for fucking half the income of my tenants, uh, but you know I'll give it to you. You know they should give it to their tenants, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But anyway, didn't so, have tenants. So of course, childcare. I mean, it brings in younger people. It brings in more people. It brings in entire families. It allows you know things to be more equal between men and non-men, which and is a major issue you to the community in a way mm-hmm. that's not fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like and going around yelling about communism is weird in America. Yeah, yeah. Providing childcare is. is not, and you've got to remember, like you know, children are a joy and they're the future. When they grow up, they know you. If you were doing the childcare, they know who the hell you are, right? Not to mention, if you cater specifically, you can just watch a children's TV show and create a communist lesson out of it. Most of the time. <laughs> I've been I've oh, been learning that. Oh yeah, well yeah, and, yeah. Time. We're also forming young minds, and we have to counter the propaganda people get in. Well, Lennon said, "Give me a generation of kids, and the mm-hmm. world will be communist." Yeah, we are the communists who need to give Lenin that generation of kids. Gener- Lenin is not Lenin. Lenin is an idea. Lenin yep. is much more than Lenin now. Mm-hmm. It, he is the red star that flies across the third world, as Vijay Prashad says. You know, that's what he represents. And it is our job to bring that red star to the kids. Yes. You know, like, I've been thinking about, like, you know, Sunday school shit. You remember, like, the green felt board with, like, the Jesus cutout figures? Y'all ever had that? Mm, no, we had PSR for our religious school as a Catholic. It was just Wednesday night. Oh, as someone that was raised yeah. Baptist, yes, I remember the green felt board in Sunday you school. You remember the green felt board? All right. <laughs> Imagine something like that for communism. I don't know. Like (laughs) that's simple, but that's where my mind's gone. Just because it's like the Christians are really good at mobilizing and fucking indoctrinating people, which unfortunately is kind of what you need to do. Yeah, because they do. I'm not opposed to it because there's a lot of idiots in our society that I'm just trying to convince to like not do racist shit. Yeah, but they. 
But no, I mean that's it. Like they do childcare, they do meals, they they, they do picnics and shit. Of course, we could do all of that. Community. Yes. We yeah, could do this is delightful. David, finish the disclaimer. Sorry, sorry. Oh my god. Okay, so those are ex- examples of practice. <laughs> so anyway, anytime you take that, that revolutionary theory and turn it into revolutionary action, that's a phenomenon called praxis. Um, theory, of course, is completely useless without praxis, and praxis can't exist without theory. Definitionally, they are hand, they go hand in hand. They're tied at the hip. Amen, as always. That being said, this has been Mark's Madness Pod. My name is Nathan. My name's David. I'm Shungmani, too. And we will talk to y'all next week. Goodbye! Bye!